White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Hello, podcast and with Tammy back and Herb. Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter at Wall 23 Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and our show is at Locked On Sox on Twitter, on Instagram, and on YouTube. Go and subscribe there. 312-566-8727, the way you can call us and leave a voice message, or LockedOnSox at gmail.com. To leave an email, it is Chris Tannehill. How are you doing tonight? I wish the Lord would take me now. Um, yeah, we're we're <laughs> fine. Uh, Sox get uh, they get uh, curb stomped nine to one uh, at the hands of the Kansas City Royals, and uh, we'll talk about this game for sure. Um, you know, as as fun as it's going to be to talk about that one last mm. night, but let's talk about some good stuff uh, to lead off the show. We got a chance to get ahead on some shows this week, the Tuesday and Wednesday shows. Um, so we did the show yesterday, the mailbag, which uh, I found to be quite enjoyable, and uh, many people reached out to say as much. But inadvertently, uh, you had plans to already go to the Sox game on a Tuesday night yep. with, with Lawrence Holmes of, of The Score, Tony Gill of NBC Sports Chicago, Rick Camp of BetQL slash 670 The Score slash Rick Camp and Studio, and Jason Leisure of the Sun Times covers the Bears, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you guys had that planned already. But then I come into the office of the Score Studios on Tuesday, and uh, and Shane uh, has got a four pack, and we got a chance to go out there, the Parkins and Spiegel show in its entirety, uh, and enjoy the game. And that was just a, a really enjoyable experience on Tuesday night. It was the first time in a long while that we really felt that communal atmosphere, at least for me, with seeing everyone out at the ballpark, the the normal names and faces that you you see so often. And it was just a a really good time. But the the day started when we had Brian Goodwin on the station Mm. on the Parkinson Spiegel show, and he was awesome. He's a fun guy. I uh, really enjoyed talking to him, and uh, but Danny, I will not, I won't get in too much into it, but he accidentally called him uh, Billy Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> so it it happens in, in radio. Uh, so there was a moment there, but uh, but uh, Brian Goodwin took it in stride, and he and he dished it uh, right back to Danny and, and busted his balls a little bit. It was good. Uh, so in turn, we decided, you know what. Brian Goodwin's such a good dude, and he was such a great interview, and he, he you know, he made the best out of a bad situation on our end, and uh, we, we decided we were going to go out and honor Brian Goodwin during that game on Tuesday night, and uh, we called up Grandstand and see, I told Shane, I said, hey, let's see if Grandstand still does the same day jersey service, and mm-hmm. uh, sure enough, Grandstand, which is of course on 35th Street, just west of the ballpark, uh, it's where I go to get my socks merch, and they're, they're not an advertiser, um, so I just want to give them some love, uh, because they're you know, a family-owned business, and they, you know trying to pick up the pieces post-COVID, uh, and they're finally doing well again, it looks like, but we called them up, say, hey, can we get a Brian Goodwin number 18 jersey uh, for the game tonight, and this was like at you know 3.30, 
And they're like, yeah, come on down. They'll be ready. So we got there by wow. 6 o'clock. They had the, the Nike jersey, Brian Goodwin, uh, all ready for us there. And Brian Goodwin, he saw it on Twitter, and he appreciated it, said the jersey was looking fly. Now, Danny said he thought that he meant Brian Goodwin thought Danny was going to be looking fly, which we know is could not be the case <laughs> in any circumstance. So we get this Brian Goodwin jersey, and, and fun was had by all. And, uh, you know, Danny spilled uh, marinara sauce on it, so that was fun. Um, on purpose. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but... Uh, oh, guys, he can't wear it anymore. He has marinara on it. You know how hard that's to get out. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that it was just a really good time at the ballpark uh, the other night, Herb. What about you? I, I know we, we got a chance to see our guys from the 108, which... Which made my evening. You know, we saw. I mean, not the like the OGs, just the the uh, other guys, which are always good. What Wally you, Money and what, uh, Pete what, Van. What do you mean? I I saw the guys that are from the 108. They were there. They were in the section. I saw them. The only ones that I know of, because they're the only ones that were sitting there. So of course that's that's Pete Hand, right? Yep. King Nam was there, mm-hmm. uh, and of course Wally. You know, their biggest uh, presence on social media, uh, at least I think. Um, And uh, Aussie Sox was there. I don't know if he's technically 108. He may be a 108 affiliated, uh, connected guy, a friend of ours. Uh, But yeah, those are the guys from the 108. All of them were there the other night. And we had a good time sitting with Sammy Davis is down there. (laughs) Yeah. So we had a good time with those guys, man. That was fun. I don't know who that yelly dude was, but yeah. Oh, yeah. He left an impression, folks. Yeah. Um, He was very yelly. He likes the ESPN 1000 for some reason. That's weird. Until he noticed Danny Parkins was sitting behind him. And then then he was, oh, man. (laughs) Danny Parkins, man, I love that show. It's the only show I listen to. Only show. Only show I listen to. But what what a good time that was, though, the other night, huh? Oh, yeah. It was a really good time. Uh, It's always good to go out to the ballpark. Lawrence paid for those seats right behind home plate. You guys were like a couple sections over with your seats. I was like, man, this is a score night out. Even though we didn't really plan that, it was good seeing you guys. Good having that communal atmosphere. Good seeing our guy, Ben. Uh, Mitch Rosen's son oh, working yeah. the hot dog stands right <laughs> behind 132. If you go and see Ben and give him a nice tip, guys. Come on. Absolutely. For his money. The guy that doesn't have to necessarily work during a summer job with the man is out here working hard, working in Minnesota when they got the vendor shortage. Yeah. Going to give him some, uh, going to give him some love up there and him and his friend. But yeah, it's the atmosphere is always good. And the, the weather was perfect. The White Sox played fundamentally sound. We had great pitching. Dylan Cease looked like the guy who's out here bum slam, but hell, you see what happened on Wednesday night. The same bums are out there and they're taking care of the White Sox <laughs> and Lucas Chilito. So, Got to give him credit when he does well. So Dylan sees is out there k- killing and everything out there was just picture perfect. Everybody was in full throat like they gave Eloy a nice welcome back to playing baseball. I, some people were disappointed with the reception. I thought yeah. it was well, well received. I don't know if people understood the, the gravity of what Eloy was doing. It took me a second to to put two and two together. I was like, oh yeah, this is his first at bat at home all, all season. Like you know, because we've seen him before, and then he goes on the IL in the same home stand. So it's weird, but yeah, I, I acknowledged it at very late. But I did acknowledge it. I don't know why people were, were so upset about that. You know, I, I guess you, everyone should be locked in 100 percent of the time. But mm-hmm. when you're there in the first inning, some people are still getting settled. You know, people with kids are getting there, and they're you know like, oh, what do you want? Uh, you want to eat this, that? No, what do you want? Okay, all right, and then you know, go up and get the food for your family and all that stuff but yeah it was a good time and, and make sure you keep a little extra cash on you if so you can tip those vendors we we ran into 
one of my guys, uh, I don't want to blow up his spot at one of the stations and uh, we were walking up about to place our order and he made it known before we even uh, said what our order was going to be that uh, cash tips were welcome and accepted. Um, so that was an interesting play, but I feel like it worked because I did give him a, a couple more uh, bucks than I would have normally. But I asked him, you know, well, I was like, well, so... You know, I know you. Everyone prefers cash or whatever, but don't we have the option to to tip on the debit card? Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, but you know, it takes us a while to get it. They tax it, and we have to split it uh, with everyone. So everyone at the at the stand, I'm assuming. So carry a little bit extra cash, and I, I feel real bad because I went to get my elote, and the tipping on the debit card was not an option, and I didn't have cash at that point. So I got to make sure I, I hit those gals up next time because the elotes are always uh, on point. So a little a little customer service tip uh, with you. Um, you know, I, it, I, it wasn't until talking to Ben about uh, Ben Rosen about, uh, vendors and, you know, talking to certain people who work at the ballpark about tipping vendors. Like apparently it's, it's not the norm for people to tip. A lot of people don't tip, uh, yeah. what you, so it just, you, you, you treat these folks well and treat them like if you're going to a restaurant cause they are serving you, you know, and I, and we can get into the whole thing about tipping and you don't, you know, the reservoir dogs, you don't tip people at McDonald's, but you tip these people here, but not over there. Like that's bullshit, you know? So, you know, but these people at the ballpark, you know, they, they're always very nice and accommodating. So if you have a few extra uh, ducats in your pocket to uh, make sure to, to, to bring that to the ballpark. So, but that was a good time by all I would say. And uh, of course, just kidding to my guys in the one Oh eight, my guy, my sock summer, I guess he was up in the Dells with his family and they were they all returned uh, last night and I saw I was getting subtweeted a little bit on Twitter I saw someone uh, maybe it wasn't me maybe I'm just projecting but a Gordon yeah Tech, there was somebody uh, <laughs> a me. Gordon Tech reference there yes uh, on Twitter I, uh, and I correct him <laughs> Paul Prep exactly I appreciate that my partner always having my back here uh, but yeah it was, it was a great time and I want to apologize on our behalf there was some conversation uh, Wally from the 108 broached the idea of hey uh, want to go to Cork at the park after this and have another one? And at the time, when you're walking uh, towards the ramps, that sounds like a great idea, right? Yeah, let's go have another one. Uh, you know, why not? You know, and the night is young. We were, you know, I felt like I was playing with house money yesterday because we had the show already for yesterday in 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 the hopper. You know, so that wasn't a big deal. Didn't have to get back and record, and you know, that was a free night. But then by the time you get down to the bottom of the ramp, you're like, oof, I don't think I'm going to Cork at the park uh, tonight. So we did the old Irish goodbye. So many apologies to our guys. So anyone who is at uh, Cork at the park, I think our guy, um, uh, Steve-O, uh, was, uh, was there. Uh, Drunk Saxons? Yeah. Steve-O from I, uh, Sons of I think Anarchy? I saw some photos, yeah, that he was there. Oh. So we, we missed quite the gathering. But uh, a good time was had by all, and they did win uh, that game, unlike the game last night where, where everyone from the 108 was there. So I don't know. I'm just saying. Last time we sat there, Herb, they won handily. Yeah. <laughs> so um, let's get to this game real quick, shall we? I don't know what 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 you can take from this. Sometimes in baseball, it's a long season. You just get your ass kicked. You you do your share of ass kicking, and then sometimes you get your ass kicked on the flip side. The the, the positive news is. As you said before we started, the Cleveland Baseball Club continues to lose ball games. The lead is still eight and a half games. Or no, is it nine and a half games? Excuse me. Nine and a yep. half, right? So nine and a half game lead. And you're still sitting pretty at the top of the division. But you know, sometimes you know, when you when you play soft competition and you have a big lead, it does not always provide for inspiring baseball. We have not seen it. 
uh, in recent vintage from the White Sox here, the, the inspiring play, crisp play. We have not seen a lot of it, and there was a, a lot of it uh, going on last night in the 9-1 to loss to Kansas City, but we begin where we always begin with uh, the man on the mound. Uh, you guessed it. Lucas Giolito. Worst pitcher in baseball. <laughs> He's 8-8 eight and eight this season. Uh, he, he goes only four innings, gives up eight hits, six runs. All of them are earned. No walks, just two strikeouts, and he gave up three home runs. And he had been having a pretty good stretch here. Over the last month, uh, I have it on my notes here, he had only given up 11 earned runs in the past calendar month. And there's that one six-run outlier there against the Tigers out of the All-Star break. But he's, he's put together a pretty good run, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to criticize him, but he just didn't have it last night, Herb. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with him. Like, sometimes Salvi Perez is going to hit home runs off you, but when Michael A. Taylor's season, sizing you up and crushing balls off of you, you got a problem. And that happened last week. I don't know against Lucas specifically, but... Against Rodon, I believe, yeah. Yeah, and so it's like really, uh, I was just elevating you to maybe going to be the solid three that we need right now. Now with Rodon struggling, Lucas is struggling, maybe Dylan Cease jumps into that spot. You know, we haven't had a consistent start from Dallas Keuchel in probably a month and a half. So our strong suit in the first half and beyond is becoming worrisome to me. I'm glad we have this nine and a half uh, game lead so we can give these guys either proper rest, whatever they need. So we can have this, these horses, we know we can pitch and we know Lucas sticky stuff or not. He found a way to get out without his maximum spin velocity. I don't know what's going on. If that's in his head or just the Royals are in a hot streak right now and they're just seeing him very well because of familiarity. I just don't like it. I I just need this team to refresh to back to May, June, when they were just mowing down. And every fifth start or every time you go out, you're like, okay, I'm going to get a good effort from my starting pitcher. And maybe the hitting won't be there, and we'll speak about that a little later. But starting pitching is starting to worry me a little bit because these are not great teams who are crushing them. Yeah, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I think if you look at last night's outing from Giolito, I think of the fact that I believe it was one week ago yesterday was the last time he faced Kansas City. So when a team sees a guy and back-to-back starts, that can be a little problematic, and it could be a mixed bag in terms of success rate. Uh, I'm not making excuses here, but I can tell you it looked like he did not have great command of that slider last night. You talk about a guy who's never going to blow anyone away, and he's not going to typically overpower anyone out there, and he's and he's not going to dominate unless he has all the pitches working for him. So when that when you can't bury that slider and you're just, you're hanging it as he did to to Michael A. Taylor, and that was a bomb that he gave up. So you, when you when you can't have commanded that slider, that's the equalizer for him when you can't blow guys away uh, with you know 99 plus. So he doesn't do that. So he needs to have complete control of his whole repertoire, and he just did not have that last night. And uh, you know. The Royals, like they're not a team that they're much improved, and we the Sox should be beating them handily. But sometimes it is baseball, and, and you do, uh, you know, are on the you are on the receiving end of, of a butt whooping every once in a while, and you know that's okay. There were some things that that were not okay in this game, though. Um, you know, 
bullpen bummer though he did he was he did fine I would say one inning pitched and gave up uh, nothing and he struck out one and I think that was important important to uh, get Aaron Bummer some work last night and get him back into the rhythm of, of being used late in, in the ball game so I thought that was one of the positives uh, Matt Foster came back and uh, he pitched two strong innings giving up just the walk and uh, Jose Ruiz got tagged a little bit he gave up the bomb uh, late in that one and uh, you know, it just it was a you couldn't keep the Royals in the ballpark, and you know, as it goes with most teams in baseball, if you can't keep them in the ballpark, uh, you're not going to win uh, many games that way. But uh, what did you make at the end of the game as we as we pivot to the offense? Unless you have anything mm-hmm. else about any of these pitchers last night, if we can move on, we'll move on. But uh, yeah. coming up next, we'll talk about the offense. Anything to be concerned about long term and lack of hustle from someone you at least expect? That's next here on Locked On White Sox. Are you stressed? tired, or just don't feel like cooking. Food that's fast doesn't have to be fast food. Freshly offers quality meals without the hard work of prepping and cooking and the cleaning. That's right, Herb. We're all trying to get in shape and eat right. Freshly can help. Their delicious meals are designed by nutritionists and cooked by chefs, making it easier to eat better. Right now, Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off their first two orders when you go to Freshly.com slash locked on. Absolutely. And Freshly can fit your lifestyle with a variety of plans and meals to pick from that work for your dietary needs, preferences, tastes, and even family size. And now our listeners can try Freshly for only $6.16 per meal. Stop searching the internet for quote-unquote healthy food near me every night and start living life freshly. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOn for $40 off your first two orders. Your meals are always delivered fresh, never frozen, and they're always ready to heat and enjoy in just three minutes. Freshly brings the convenience of chef-made, nutritionist-designed classics right to your kitchen. Stop stressing about dinner. Go to Freshly.com slash LockedOn for $40 off your first two orders. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOn for $40 off your first two orders. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. You know, with all the ever-increasing makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts your car is ever going to need. So why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your car an LX or an EX? Well, I don't know. Let me go out and look. And why wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Look, the reality is when you go to rockauto.com and find your auto parts there, you're going to save time and money when you use our friends at Rock Auto. So why choose to pay 30 50 or even 100% more for the same parts at a chain store or, God forbid, your dealership? For example, the Honda Odyssey fuel pump, $353 at a chain store, but only $216 at rockauto.com. See what I'm talking about? And they're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers like you and I for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are always going to be reliably low for every single customer and they've got everything too brake parts tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet i know i'm hitting the road soon going up north i'm going to check and make sure my car has everything it needs and i'm going to do that by going to rockauto.com check them out won't you explore their easy to use website and find the solution for your auto part needs go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on and they're how'd you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com 
the final inning of the game there. I really, I, I, I would like to sleep on this and see how I feel about it in the morning. But in the moment, it kind of made me hot a little bit there. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. <I should. laughs> so, Irvin Santana, old friend alert. I did not know that he was still in baseball, but uh, he pitched a nice clean inning in that ninth inning for Kansas City. But he strikes out Jose Abreu leading off the ninth inning. And at that point... You know, it's you're still down nine to one, but crazier things have happened. We saw a crazy thing happen with the White Sox and Royals a few years back, uh, where where you thought that game was in hand. <laughs> yeah, it still stings when you think about it. You know that, but that was one of the games that uh, launched the rebuild. I think if you look at it, but. So, strikes out, Abreu does to begin the inning. Uh, ball gets by Salvi Perez, uh, or did they replace him at that point? I'm trying to, Yeah, Gallagher was in at that point. So, the ball gets by Gallagher, uh, clear to the backstop, and mm-hmm. there's no, you know, had Jose Abreu noticed this, he would have ran to first base, and the first base would have been uh, earned easily there on mm-hmm. the strikeout, but did not look back at the ball. Um, he had to have heard he heard that ball clanging around back there, had to have seen Gallagher go back, go back and try to retrieve it, but Jose Abreu, no second thought uh, to run to first base, and uh, t- you know, Coach Tony did not say anything to him, at least in front of the cameras. Tony's kind of an old-school guy. I would not be surprised if you know, he said something to him afterwards, or, you know, if, if he says, hey, you know, I, I know, Skip, I know that, you know, I shouldn't have done that, whatever. Um, it's not the first time we've seen something like that happen with Abreu. Uh, Rick Renteria used to reprimand Pito once in a while for not, uh, you know, playing hard. But what did you make of that uh, lackluster effort there by the team captain, who we don't often bash for lack of hustle because it's a guy who plays hurt a lot, plays hard a lot, but uh, in, in a in a you know, in a, you got to look at it in the scope of it's an August nine to one blowout, uh, you know, against the Royals. How how angry do we want to be about this one? I mean, I think it's the you never stop being that player. You always keep on as long as there's the twenty seven outs available to you. So when I saw that, I was on ten. There's no reason for that. Maybe initially you don't see it, but like you said, you hear it clinging, your teammates or something, you hear the fans, you know it was an outside pitch at the very least. You you gotta have some type of effort there to get on. That is not how you set the tone for the rest of your teammates. You're the leader, specifically him. He's the captain. I don't know officially, but he's the captain. So I expect him to know more than anybody that he has to set the good example. And there, when you're down a lot and you just give up at a bat right there, you still got to go out and hustle. You have to. That's 100%. I would be very disappointed. If he's not firstly sitting because he's played a lot of games and also reprimanded in the post game or in the or I'm mean, not even the post game reprimanded in private. I don't even need to know about it. But as long as they see that the captain can't slide and the captain comes up to the players and said, hey, man, lapse of judgment, guys, it won't happen. I expect this from y'all. And when I do it. It's worse because I'm the leader here. So what I I want to apologize to you guys for that lack of effort. I don't care what inning it is. They all count the same. You got to give the same effort you give in the first inning as you give in the ninth inning, no matter what the score is, because you, especially you, Jose Abreu, are the leader. Yeah, and I think it will be handled. I was trying to monitor Tony, uh, Coach Tony, excuse me, as, uh, as he was speaking to see if he addressed anything. 
uh, about Abreu, but uh, you know, I'm seeing a lot of stuff here. Uh, nothing about that particular play, but uh, I think if anyone knows how to handle it, it would be Tony La Russa. I don't know how to handle that situation delicately and professionally and and swiftly. You know, I don't think he's going to be the type to let that sort of behavior linger. And I think Jose Abreu should know at this point that he leads by example. You know, he, he carries the weight of the team when they're not performing well. He can carry the team when he's going well. So he should know that you know he sets the tone in there. So it's got that type of stuff can't go down uh, August or not. Uh, another interesting note here, Eloy Jimenez has not looked great since coming off the IL, and I'm not particularly concerned, um, but you look at the numbers here, I, I believe he's 0 for 15 uh, since coming off the, the IL, and has not played left field since that remarkable game he had last week, so a lot of people are, are you know connecting the dots here about maybe throwing him back out there in left field to get him more actively involved in the game. And this is why I always say when we have the conversation about free agents and trades and you know rotating DHs, how it's not always an easy thing to do, especially for a young player. Um, you know, you can't all go out there like Frank Thomas and have like 480 OBPs, you know, for an entire season and just like, yeah, it's, yeah, just do that and then you're fine. Um, but, you know, Eloy's struggling a bit. Uh, and uh, he's not playing the field, and I, you know, I don't know if the two are directly related or if it's just the timing is totally out of whack. And you know, maybe that home run he got was was you know good fortune, but you know, it's it's tough to start and stop and start and stop and then get hurt and all that stuff. So, what do you what do you think uh, Tony should do here? You think he should try running him out there to left field a, a bit more frequently, giving him give him an extra day off here, or you know, because you got Andrew Vaughn who happens to be raking. Yeah. That's one of the good things we're going to talk about tonight. But you know, do you, do you try to force Eloy out there and left to sort of get more involved in the action? No. As much as you can make him a DH, you put him out there. I know the Cub series coming up, so get one game out there in the outfield. The other days, rest, relax. You have a little growing thing, and it didn't look good on last night's game. It looked like it was like adjusting something there, maybe a little discomfort. He just came back from a three, four days rest of that growing. I don't want him out there injuring himself. The, the less amount of times he's out there in left field, the least amount of times he's going to get hurt. So he, yeah, I know he probably in, will have to be some left fielder or what you were saying. Like there were 60 games left when he came back. You said like 20 of those games, he'll probably play left field. Who friends. I'm not liking that. I'm not because I'm sure that Tony will put him out there two or three times out there in Wrigley, if not all three times. And that's coming up on, I think, I hope, I hope under 20, even under 15, he plays left field because let's get a swing together. Let's get that established. That's his power. That's what he brings to the table for the White Sox. And that's not even close. Even if he plays left field or not, he hasn't been close on his uh, bats except for when he connected for that home run in Kansas City. I He was missing 98 mile per hour fastballs and, I think during this season, if he played the full year, that ball would get crushed. There'd be no way a pitcher would even think about that. That Stalmont threw it right past him, and he looked lost. So he just needs his timing back. That's his most important thing. Left field can come whenever that comes. If they need him in a pitch-headed situation in Wrigley, maybe in one of those games, go ahead, do it. 
but immediately take him out for Brian Goodwin or Billy Hamilton. Billy Hamilton's dead. Sorry. Yeah. Rest in peace. And they they both look the same. Sorry, Danny. <laughs> like last thing's Millage and uh, Juan Pierre. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, but you you mentioned there was possible discomfort there with Eloy and the groin. If he's hurt, you know. I don't want him out there at all, even if, you know, because I don't want to take the chance of him getting his timing back and then him, you know, trying to, to hustle in a second base for a double and then re-aggravating it. Then you lose him for another month or so. So I'd rather him just be straight up and say, you know what, you know, we want to have you ready. Just just take 10 days here. We'll get you back going. Then we'll still have the whole month of September to, to get your timing back. And I know you're, it's really a gamble here because it's getting later and later, but you don't, you do not want to risk losing this guy for the rest of the year after you get the, get the jolt of him coming back and the, the emotional uplifting that comes with him being back. And then all of a sudden he's out for the season because he aggravates that, that hammy. So you don't want to see that. So that's a delicate situation that they're going to have to handle here. Um, you know, not an inspiring offensive effort for the White Sox last night, just four hits. Um, you know, Andrew Vaughn, uh, hitting the ball hard once again with two more hits. Uh, he's got that o- the OPS up to uh, 786 this year after he hit the bomb the other night. Uh, but the kid looks good. And, I, you know, Ozzy was talking about it during the game about maybe moving him up in the lineup. I don't know about that because uh, Cesar Hernandez had a couple nice at-bats last night and he ran into some tough luck there, hit the ball hard. He was robbed by Taylor uh, late in that one. So I don't know if you, if you move him up to two or not. Maybe... You know, you give uh, Abreu a day off, and maybe you let uh, Andrew Vaughn play left if uh, Eloy is is healthy. Then, or Andrew Vaughn play first base, and if Eloy's healthy, you can throw Eloy in left for, for a game there and see how that goes. But I do like the sentiment of getting Andrew Vaughn more at bats and riding the hot hand because he is just seems like he's hitting everything lately, and it's and it's encouraging to see that he's improving as the season is getting uh, deeper. I guess. Yeah, and I. Didn't expect this from his rookie year. He's hit much better than I thought he would from the jump from single A to now the majors. And they're right. They're a hundred percent right. This guy has a huge future ahead of him. Just imagine how much better he'll be when he does learn the league. He's already a natural hitter. He's really good. Um, hits for power versus lefties. He's awesome. Um, I saw we saw that home run on Tuesday night. Like we were sitting right behind it. I was like, oh Whoa. yeah. I didn't Smoke think that was that out. Ball. He knew it no? was out. I didn't think it was out right away off the bat. It's, that it's tough. Romance strength. Yeah. I mean, th- there was a lot of balls hit that Tuesday night that were, you know, I thought there might have been out, especially a couple against Michael Kopech that I think, okay, that one's gone. Yeah. And it just held up. The one that uh, I think uh, Adam Engel had to jump for that one time, I thought definitely was out. So, yeah, he's got grown man strength, and I was not wrong about him. I wasn't doubting him 100%, but I was doubting this jump and how good he would be and he's proven me wrong and this left field has been nothing uh, but spectacular and one, one at least one last thing for me here i'll tie it in usually i mentioned the, the news and notes at the top of the show i neglected to mention it but it's a perfect time to get to it now here uh yasmani grandal was uh, taking bp before the game yesterday and it was good to see him you know we, we've known that he's been running uh recently and now he's finally started to grab a bat and get in the mix and and uh, do all that stuff a lot sooner than any of us anticipated him being back. And he's granted he's not technically back yet, but when you see his replacements out there and the guy who was out there last night and Zach Collins, who you know once again has a lackluster evening at the plate, uh, he goes you know uh, 0 for three with two strikeouts, three men left on base. 
you know, you don't want to rush Yasmani Grandal back, but it's not only the offensive production that you're missing. Um, Zach Collins uh, had a couple of not so great moments behind the plate again last mm-hmm. night, Herb, and uh, it's it's frustrating. You know, you, you got your number one pick now batting ninth in the lineup last night, and uh, it's it's frustrating. And uh, all I can say is I hope Yaz comes back healthy quickly. Yeah, I sent you the text immediately when it happened. I was thinking it was the third inning. Uh, it was two outs, two two count, and Rivera's up, and Lucas absolutely aces him on the outside corner. Borderline call, but I think it was a strike. And Zach is set up on the inside corner, so he has to kind of reach across his body and catch that ball like that. It's, you know, the ump sees you going that far from where you set up. He yeah. thinks, you know, that's a ball. And it was a strike, and it was strike three. I think he eventually struck out Rivera, so it was like three more pitches. But that's three more pitches you're not giving your pitcher who's struggling. He's struggling. He only struck out two dudes today. So and I think he gave up a run in most of the innings that he was in there. So let's see. Yeah, he gave up a run in four of the five innings he was in there. So I just don't know what's going on with him. No, four innings he was in there. He gave up a run each of those innings. So I don't know what's going on with him and having a catcher back there not doing the best job for him. And I don't know if Zach is lazy or just doesn't have the fundamentals to do it correctly or that pitch was supposed to be in the inside corner. But I'll defer to Zach Collins not being good. Since you told me that zero percentile of framing. <laughs> it makes you look at it differently, doesn't it? You, yes. <laughs> and so it's opened my eyes. I was like, golly, you know, I was under the impression like maybe he's improved. He caught the no hitter. And then people are like, oh, Zach Collins can't catch and do that on Twitter. After he did the no hitter, it's like, I don't know if he, he did it well or just anybody could have caught that no hitter because Carlos Rodon was just that on. So, yeah, he needs to hustle back and hopefully he's 100% healthy because we need Yasmani Grandal. I can live with Sabi Zavala not giving us a quality at bat every time or not giving us a hit or a representative at bat in the major leagues and hitting only 200. As long as he's a backup catcher and when he's catching the ball, he does well. I'm fine. That's his job. I feel like we are often, uh, you know, because we do these shows every night, we record more than any uh, any of our, uh, con- you know, any any of our uh, colleagues, I guess you can say, other than like, you know, the the folks at NBC Sports Chicago with the post game. But I feel like we we are at the 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 precipice of whatever the next conversation is going to be uh, when we see these issues pop up and now you're starting to see after we did our show a couple days ago and I'm not saying it's it's because we did our show that people are noticing this but it's funny how these things work out but now you're starting to see people on Twitter just unsolicited you know I think I like Sebi Zavala more than Zach Collins you know it's kind of funny the way this this stuff works but people are starting to notice and don't think that that pitching staff doesn't notice and Lucas wasn't great last night but you know these guys they know more than than they have access to more data than any anyone that that's been a pitcher before you know uh, in years past so they know who the good framers are and they know just by seeing it with their sight you know this this ball was you called this pitch here you had to reach across the plate for it over there, and you, you're you're not really helping me out in that regard. You know, I I'm, I don't have my great stuff tonight, and I need you to be helping me out. So they have to know what's going on back there, 
and you you don't you haven't heard a ton of praise for Zach Collins back there lately. But let's uh, we'll table that and we'll we'll get back to that, and hopefully uh, we won't have to talk about it ever again because Yasmani will come back and we'll go back to dealing with the Yasmani problems that we're used to. Uh, I'm sorry for all this dinging. It's uh, Tony Gwynn and Tony Gwynn. Tony Gill is going <laughs> wild on the text message. He's sending a rant out here, so you guys are probably picking that up on my mic. So I w- sorry we, about all that. You've got great equipment there, so to speak. I did not hear any of that. So what's Tony, right. what's Tony ranting about tonight? Um, was probably had- the NBA and how much uh, these people have been ranking on him about the Bulls uh, getting some new people. So oh, Tony's, Tony's not a hundred percent gung ho on it. Yeah, and everybody else is like, we're gonna win the championship. So. Uh, I think Tony's saving up a couple tweets so we can have a I told you so moment. Exactly. I wonder if he was tweeting about uh, LeBron being the underdog once again, underdog LeBron James <laughs> and his weird ass on Twitter. <laughs> um, but uh, what else we got from this game last night? I think that about does it, I believe, uh, unless you have anything else in your notes you want to get to. I'm, I'm content to just put this one in the garbage and uh, hopefully Sox can salvage a series sweep tomorrow. You got anything else on this one? I mean, the, the Chris Kamka's stat that he gave about Tim Anderson is yes. astounding. It's it, like, I love when data supports what our eyes are already telling us, you know, yeah. about Tim Anderson being a huge part of the team's success. Do you have that offhand for the people that missed that at the top of the broadcast? Yeah, hold on. Um, but, it, I knew it was just um, in the White Sox losses. The thing that stood out to me the most was that Tim Anderson has two RBIs in the 38, now 39 losses by the white Sox this year like it's like one like he's got 10 homers nine and wins one in losses yeah it's like stark he is like we just say it and you know we know it to be true but when you said numbers support what you're seeing it's like oh my god and it's even more astounding than i even thought like he like as a leadoff hitter is important when he is driving and or scoring runs it's amazing, and that's the driver of the White Sox thing. Here it is. And 51 White Sox wins, eight home runs, 35 runs driven in. In 38, now 39 White Sox losses, one home run, two runs driven in. Two. <laughs> that could be on that one home run. That could have been a two-run home run. It could have only been that one game. So it's, yeah. like, amazing. That yeah. is, like the 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 thing that makes the white Sox go and it's almost like the win percentage is almost equal to what the white Sox is right now like you know that's the one thing i, I don't think this club could withstand uh, at this moment for a long period of time is, is having to do without tim anderson we saw what it was like early on in the season when he had that uh that leg injury and it was not good so you know, I, I know he'll be ready to go. You know, as long as he's out there, he'll be ready to go uh, come playoff time. And you know, I don't know what becomes of them last year. I know they only won the one game in the postseason against Oakland, but he had an amazing postseason series last mm. year, and they may get swept out of there if it's not for for TA and his great series there. So, you know, it, it goes to show you, like you know, the other night when TA with the with the big bomb there, and the, you know, he's such a big part of what they do, and there's the numbers there to back it up. Uh, we'll uh, t- we'll take a quick time out here. And on the other side, we'll preview tomorrow's show next here on Locked on White Sox. 
This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Money lines every night, over unders, it's all there for you if you enjoy betting on baseball at Bet Online. They've got all the other sports too NBA Finals coming to a close, football futures, golf. I've talked to you about some of the crazy fun prop bets they have going on at Bet Online. Got some new ones here just added. Aside from the alien abduction props, which I always enjoy they have who will bill gates date next what about jeff bezos who will marry first bezos or gates you can place a bet on that before the next pitch head to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest information don't sit on the sidelines anymore this is your chance to get in on the game as teams prep for their runs to the postseason head to the website and use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts it's a Thursday night at the old ball yard on the south side. The Sox looking to take the series here, I think. I'm all messed up. This is a three-game set, right? It Tuesday, is. Wednesday, Thursday. I have no idea what day it Tuesday, is. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> they take the series here from Kansas City. And a, a guy who's, who really uh, needs to step up and have a, a good outing tonight is uh, is Dallas Keuchel, who's going for the White Sox. He's 7-4 and four with a 4-5-1 earned run average against Daniel Lynch. Uh, a lefty one and three with a six nine five earn run average. Now this is one of the guys we did not see last week in Kansas City. You know, anecdotally, we always say lefties and the White Sox. Oh, Sox are always going to eat. Not so much this this past mm-hmm. year, um, but still, the the guy with an ERA around seven, they should be able to get back on track, and uh, that, that should be a, a fun one there as we recap that one for our final show of the week. I don't think we'll get a chance to talk to uh, Joe Kilgallen from Locked on Cubs this week. Maybe we'll preview the uh, next series next time around, but uh, we'll talk about that series uh, at Wrigley and we'll definitely recap that on Monday. But uh, that's our final show of the week tomorrow, the recap of Game 3 of the Sox and Royals. That's all I got, Irby. That is Chris Tannehill. Follow him at Chris Tannehill. Me, Herb Lawrence, at Ecknerwall23. Show is at Locked on Sox. Thank you for joining us tonight. We appreciate you listening because, man, these shows right here, when <laughs> we're watching this and we're like, oh, we got to do a show about this garbage game. <laughs> but then, you know, we see people, you know, they don't listen at, you know, as much as they listen to my garbage episode about uh, it's not a garbage episode. The audio was garbage <laughs> when the episode about Craig Kimball. Man, you guys love that episode, but. You still listen. Well, we how, how do we how do we not get number one last week? If you cranked out an extra bonus episode that did the numbers that it did, I went back and I saw the numbers. How I don't did, know how did the Mets? Be, I know like I did it on Friday night. I don't know if they do it like a a Saturday to Friday yeah. morning. And they had like to because we were number two to the Mets, and I know the Mets had a big week uh, acquiring Javi Baez. But they're not my favorite squad. Uh, we we did six shows, and you know a Craig Kimbrell uh, acquisition show on Friday night. So yeah, you're right about that, but. Uh, yeah, it was a nice job by you, and, and you guys really showed out and supported that one. So uh, tomorrow's show a little bit. Speaking of Sox fans supporting, uh, they do the other thing, too, where the Sox fans will, will really ruin your life. Uh, we talked to Ben Verlander on mm. Parkinson Spiegel the other day about his little uh, mishap with the uh, with the ranking of the White Sox and is not paying attention <laughs> to the White Sox and not caring and thinking the White Sox suck. Uh, so he addressed that, and I got a chance to ask him a question, too. Uh, it's your guy, Ben Verlander, friend of the show, and we'll, 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 we'll We'll uh, talk about that a little bit tomorrow and uh, and end the, the week on a, on a fun note. So, uh, yeah, man, thanks, uh, everyone, for checking out the show uh, once again because we did text during the game, like, when it was 6-1 to one or whatever it was, and I texted her about it. I was like, 
uh, this is going to be a tough one to do. We don't often skip shows like ever, Mm -hmm. and I didn't particularly feel like I wanted or needed a a mental break tonight, but I was just like, oh, what can you say about this one? But, you know, we we sucked it up and we gutted it out, you know, maybe not our best effort, but it is what it is. is, But, yeah, it's all good. So that is Chris. My name is Herb. Thank you for listening to Locked On Socks.